podcast. podcast. Do do Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on the hill. From Delco. Four house on the hill. Boop, oh, boop. yeah, that's a I'm recording so, now. Great. And you're on speakerphone. Fuck you. Um, I, sorry, that took me a minute to get in from outside. That's fine. The, it was tough bringing the cats in. And also, the, they're now going to be like, um, he, you might be hearing Bub in the background during this recording. I hear you because Carl is working right now, so the cats are locked in the bedroom with me, and right now they're cool because they just ate, but, like, yeah, they get, like, restless at times. Yeah. I know what you mean. Did you just hear that? I did. He has, like, an asshole meow, too. Like, Like, being at home with him all the time has made me be like, you're an annoying cat. There's no, like, I can't wait for you to age. And mellow out because um, you're very needy and you meow, meow all the time and he's annoying it's funny people did start like calling a lot more being like my dog's really anxious and I don't know why or like my dog's like doing this weird thing like licking its butthole too much and like we're like stop looking at your dog like you just were at home all day or at work all day yeah. like a lot of people are like oh my god my dog like is so lethargic and it sleeps so much but like no like it slept all day while you were at work before so now you're seeing what it does all day well, that's really funny for the people whose dog's licking their butthole all day. It sucks to have a dog like, that licks its butthole all day and then, like, licks your face when you get home. Yeah. Yep. So work sounds like it's been fun for you. Yeah, it's a little bit crazy, a little bit, uh, you know, different than it used to be, and um, a lot of exposure to the clients, I feel. So, Um does that but you know we're making it happen we're still taking care of the pets that's what we're there to do cool yeah um did you listen to oh by the way you're listening to two hosts from delco my name is beth heinley and maureen's name is maureen cummings yeah cummings uh and i don't feel like spelling out our names today but but uh you can find us on twitter i'm really boring and have like my name as my Twitter handle, um, which is really lame, I understand, but um, it's just at Beth Heinley, and I'm not going to spell it for you, and then Marines is... Um, it's my AOL screen name that I'm still using. Yeah, so kind of lame as well. And, yeah, uh, person is, stuff. Yours is mocom99, and yep. I'm not going to spell that out. Even though Don't. some people might get confused based off your the spelling of your name and how you spell your Twitter handle, it's not confusing. There's a it's just one less letter. Um, and today our topic we're talking about is meditation, which is so exciting to me because I would say that I am a meditation enthusiast. Are you in a meditative? like room right now setting like what's the setting like is it 
getting no, a No, I'm just, gun. like, sitting in my bedroom. I'm not super into that stuff, um, mm. necessarily. Like, I don't have, like, an altar or something that I meditate at. I'm more of, like, a, uh, I do a lot of different types of meditation, especially now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go into that a little bit later. Let's do the yeah. intro first before we start talking about meditation. But I'm just in my normal yeah. room, which Theravada Buddhists probably would think is fine. Because they're not, they think it's all inside of you. I'm just following podcast protocol, which is to start talking about the topic. And then when we start getting into a good conversation, abruptly stopped and remind ourselves that we have segments of the podcast and we're not talking about the topic yet. Well, I'm trying to be mindful of what I'm saying and doing right now. I'm meditation. So um, I feel like we should get in, we should try to. Look, I'm complimenting you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, so the, uh, the sections of the podcast. Okay. So we have, we didn't do the sections of the podcast last week at, or the week before. And I want to apologize for that. It's just that, um, my headspace wasn't, I wasn't in the, the podcasting headspace at that point in time. That's when like people were riding. Oh, yeah. That was a weird day. Mass looting throughout the streets. And, um, I was feeling very compelled to join them. But do you hear this fucking cat? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Mean. She needs, she yelled at her cat, everybody. He it's like is the so, streamer that streamer that her cat. I love that when I fans. adopted him that he was described as shy and he's like the most talkative cat ever. Well, I mean, you know cats. Did I ever tell you the time I was at, do you hear this shit? I was at the vet and this woman was like, we were in the lobby and Bob was like, like going off, like meowing. And this woman was like, is your cat Siamese? Like, (laughs) always. They're the only ones that meow. And I was just like, no, he's black. Like, what? (laughs) Like, he's a black cat. I don't know why he meows like this. He's just loud. He's, I mean, Siamese are loud, but other cats are loud sometimes too. Um, and it's just, he, he wants to, he still, I took him outside and he still wants to be outside. That's, you know. Once you give him a taste. Um, sorry, we were, I'm sorry. We dove into the same conversation about my cat again within like five minutes. That was like a, we have a hard time. We're like goldfish in the conversation. Basically Um, true of me. So the other segments of the pod, the segments of the podcast. So we didn't do them last time. Segments of the podcast. We do an apology section, which I just apologized just then. Yeah, that counts. um, And then we do a, we do racist confessions here on two hosts from Delco, which is uh, a educational part of our podcast for other, um, for people, for white people. Um, to talk about, um, your, you know, confess your, um, many racisms you may commit in a day and, um, <laughs> and, and then we exercise. tell you to do a number of like our father's holy Mary's yeah, and, and well, it's an exorcism of racism. That's what it is. Yeah, true. Um, so we do that. And then we do, uh, what's another, we do a recap of the last episode. Uh, a lot of podcasts do that. And uh, 
I, is that all the sections? There's a section Wait. where I forget how many sections we have every every podcast. Yeah, that's this is that section currently. Um, so I thought of a new section the other day, but yeah. I forgot now. We were gonna do a, a, a thanking a thankful section where we thank each other for things that um, we've done in the previous podcast. Um, yeah, I don't want to thank you for anything though. Yeah, I want to thank you for not talking at all in the last podcast, like barely. And I just was like, I felt like I was having to dominate the conversation. I didn't even re-listen to that to that episode, by the way. I didn't either. I was in a weird, yeah, I mean, it was a weird one. It was well, weird. it was we, And I feel bad because we made Kim come back and then we were like, this is weird. She was like, thank God my kids are here to interrupt this conversation. So I, I know. <laughs> Um, it's a shame because the first yeah. time we did it it was like spontaneous really and it was really funny and really good and I it's, it's it. not that nothing good was said in the last one I just feel yeah. like we were trying to recreate it and it, you just can't yeah um, but anyway but we do have to thank Kim for being on the podcast and doing it twice yeah, and being fucking awesome. awesome and beautiful awesome and yeah no one could see Kim but um, fucking superhero we, uh, I also have been audiobooking that romance novel, um, My Knight in Shining Armor, and it's hilarious. It's really good. Nice. Um, basically, like, so Kim could barely really remember it. I mean, she read it in high school, but basically it's this woman who uh, is in this, like, a emotionally abusive relationship with this um, guy who has, he's a surgeon, and he has a daughter, and her, and, like, the other thing is she keeps fat shaming the daughter. Like the daughter's like this chubby 13 year old. Oh my God. And she hates her, but she's, wow. not, but she's going to be her stepmother. But, Dude. But no, this is his daughter. It's his daughter. It's true. But his daughter is like an annoying brat. Um, mm. So you kind of sympathize with her. Like, and she can't stand her. Anyway, she starts planning a romantic getaway vacation with her and her surgeon boyfriend. Also, she's actually a trust fund baby, but she can't get to her um, her money through the trust fund until she's thirty five. Mm-hmm. So she's currently poor, but she's got a lot. She has a fortune to come to her in the future. If as long as she lives to be thirty five. Yeah, as long as she li- yeah exactly. Oh. Uh, and but in any case, the surgeon they she plans this uh, romantic getaway last minute. The surgeon dude. Um, invites his daughter to come on the vacation with them and it completely ruins the vacation. So she ends up getting another fight with the daughter or whatever. She's at this church. She goes in the church. She's like begging um, for, uh, she's just like crying over her relationship and how much it sucks. And like, you know, all, all of a sudden this knight in shining, shining armor shows up in front of her because she wished for a knight in shining armor to save her. And it's literally this dude from the Elizabeth. He's an Elizabethan Earl from like the 1600s. And uh, anyway, that's where the fun ensues from then on. So that's how the time travel. That's how the time travel. Like it, it's like with a wish and a, a wish. and a handkerchief. Yep. Yep. Huh. So she wished for wish for night and shine, but you know, and then so ensues the ridiculous plot, which is like he he wants to better his name, and he was about to be put to death for treason through Queen Elizabeth, thinking he was raising arms against her and all this weird shit. They had to change his history in it. Whatever it goes on from there, but uh, 
it's a really stupid book and I love it. It's it's been really fun. And the and I got to the sex scene, the sex scene, and it was really good. In fact, they actually had sex twice. It was so good. Wow. Yeah. And, but only one sex scene in the whole book. So far, yeah, that's how romance novels work. They take like they I it's mean... all sexual tension. They raise it up and then it's there's a climax of like a fuck fest. And that's what women want. Yeah, like first he took her he took her on the floor and then they got and they were all dirty, you know, after having dirty sex mm. on the floor, mm. they went and took a shower together and then they had sex again in the shower. Um, sexy. So they had a bunch of sex and um, but because they had sex, it immediately sent him to the past. Once they had sex. So he was he like poof, he like disappeared. Wow. Yeah. It's, uh, That's really well thought out, Pop. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I saved the sex scene. Do you want to listen to it? I mean, sure. I mean, that we did listen to the last, the sex scene from um, Death Mass or whatever the hell. Yeah, Death Mass, the Jim Butcher book. Um and that was kind of boring, but so I think we should keep doing it. Let's keep being boring. Hold on. All let right, me, be let me... boring. Be best. Wait, I need to. Where? How can I find bookmarks? Where are they? Dude, I really hope that "be boring" is our next first lady's fucking slogan because I can't fucking deal with this anymore. Wait, what? I said I hope "be boring" is our next first lady's slogan because I can't deal with this fucking crazy anymore her body moved under him he nibbled at the inside of her thighs caressing the back of her neck are you there yeah i'm listening can you hear it stand it anymore oh no taking her oh you can't hear it because you're on speakerphone here oh god fucking damn speakerphone that's always never mind this is not gonna work unless like um this is not a high-tech podcast um we're a bunch of we're a bunch of old millennials we don't know how to do this shit yeah, no, fuck um, that. Too lazy. I'm too lazy to learn. I'm like <laughs> half a boomer. I'm um, like half boomer because I like won't learn it, but also a millennial because lazy. Well, right? if you think about it, all millennials are half boomers because we were raised by boomers. Sure were. Okay, never mind. I won't. But I won't play the sex scene. But it was really good, and I'll play it for you another time. Um, the. Uh, so I got that out of it. I got this funny book, and I'm enjoying it. Nice. Um, you know, but I feel like I think I I think I read. I think I I dominated the com. I thought because I, I was talking about all these romance novels, and you guys were just like, okay, okay. So I want to apologize for that running my mouth. Well, I was. I feel like I wasn't as like engaged, maybe as usual. So, I apologize for that. Oh, my God. This cat. Puppy. Isn't he, like, ridiculous? Guns is really bad, too. He's locked in the bathroom right now. He's not allowed out right now. Will you take care of your son, Gus? I apologize for him. Why don't you go play feather with him or something to distract him? He needs to be tired out. Can you play? Can you go play feather with him? Gus is pissed at me right now. No, I'm not. 
But come on, let's play feather. <laughs> um, just to clarify, my cat is locked in the bathroom with a litter box, his food, water, and a bed, so he's fine. Yeah, All that's right, fucked up. You, that's fucked up, Marie. You lock your cat in the bathroom. Well, he pisses behind the bed, so. Oh my god, he's got a little sucks. camp set up in the bathroom. Yeah, well, he's the only one that's allowed to go outside on the patio too. So, uh, big cats, so like he's he's alright. Mm-hmm. He's just he's old, and he's super. Lo- I actually fucking love that cat. He's like so loving. He's a good boy, Doctor Gonzo. Um. Okay. I believe yeah, you. Anyway, I believe you. Anyway, um, about cats. But well, we have to talk about. We have to turn the conversation back around the cats at least every, like, five to ten minutes. That's what we've been doing, so. It's because we're cat ladies. Um, then, uh, let's see. I'm kind of recapping and apologizing at the same time here. Um, there's really, I, I really don't have anything else to apologize for, except maybe I should apologize for, like, doing, like, sitting on my computer, Zooming, or actually we were, we were Google Hanging out. Um, door, while there's riots and mass looting happening in my city. And the, and we're also, not only that, we're, we're talking about romance novels. Like, um, I should apologize for being such an ignorant white lady for podcasting about romance novels during a race riot in my city, in my city. I mean, what, I could think of worse things you could have been doing. Um, like what? I don't know, like, a lot of worse things that you could have done. I feel like staying home and staying safe was, like, acceptable, especially given, like, the whole larger situation. I feel like you got out there and you did your part in the protests, Mm -hmm. too. Yeah, but I wish, like, you know, sometimes I want to burn a cop car, too, you know? Beth, I don't even want to talk about like these things on a recorded podcast of what I would like to maybe do. Oh, that's I've a good thought point. About or fantasize a little bit about. I just incriminated um, myself. Yeah, I mean, no, like you just were like, you know, maybe once. <laughs> um, I was <laughs> just know, kidding. Car in a cop car one time. I was it, just kidding. The opportunity presented itself, and it was a riot. I should draw a pumpkin head burning on a burning a cop. Oh my out. god! Yes, you should. There you go. That's how you get out that rage. I okay. need to draw a pumpkin head pissing on something too. Do Maybe it. That's my problem. Will you do it? I would love a pumpkin head drawing from you. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll figure something out. Uh, yeah. Figure out how to hold a pen to paper, and draw. It's hard for me sometimes. <laughs> um. All right. Well, I don't know what else to. Uh, I don't know what to really apologize for, but um, let's move on to racist confessions. Uh, sure, sure. That's really comfortable for me right seem, now. Yeah, seems as like a white lady. Well, you know, just gonna have to put your white fragility aside. Yeah. Um, and be open about um, your racism. So um, I'll let you go first. I don't know. I don't really have anything other than like, you know how I'm always like, I don't even notice. Like, I really don't notice. I have been noticing lately if I'm interacting like with a black person or a white person and every single time I'm like, oh my God, I hope they don't fucking think like that I have a problem with them or I hope that they don't have a problem with me. And yeah, it sucks because it makes things like 
very tense on top of like an already tense situation with COVID, but like that's just where we're at with it, I guess. And like I have to say, anytime I have one of those interactions and I'm like, oh god, is this gonna be weird? Like it's never fucking weird. Like it's fine. What interactions are you talking about? Um, like for example, just like being like walk like when I'm going walking through the neighborhood Uh or something like that, or like at a store, um, just like like random gas station like random interactions of just like normal stuff that you need to do on a of, daily basis. What who um, of people? Like is it is it uh who are you talking about? Wait, black people? Oh, you're talking about black people? Yes, we're uh, talking about racist confessions. And oh, yeah. Well, so, you started yeah. off the conversation you said black or white people, just people in oh, general. That's no, what you said. No, no, no. I think since all of this went down, I feel like I feel like I have to be like, hey, man, I'm cool, which is, like, fucking fucked up. Oh, okay. This is a good racist confession, Marine. I know. Well, so that's why do I you, right now. What's making you feel that way? Because I don't want black people who don't know me. I think I'm a fucking racist white person that has a problem with what's going on. I feel like it's tense everywhere. Like, no, even other white people, like, I don't know what the fuck they're about. And it mm. scares the shit out of me. Yeah, it seems like a, like, really great way to um, divide people and make them super paranoid. In, sure fucking in, does. All, all the time and in any situation. Yeah, and we have, like, a twofold thing going on. And, like, these masks, which I'm not saying anything against the masks, mm-hmm. but, like, that makes it more fucked up, too. It covers your face. It makes you, it makes everybody look like a bandit. And um, you can't tell what the person's expression is. Like, if they're smiling at you, you can't really recognize people right away. It yeah. is very, very, like, very tense. Yeah. Uh, I am interested, yeah. well, I don't, anyway... I'm interested in yours. I'm interested in what your experience is like in your neighborhood and your life right now. Yeah, I mean, watching the shit going down in the with the South Philly dudes protecting the Christopher fucking stupid Christopher Columbus. Oh, I didn't know that happened. Yeah, and then the Fishtown dudes like standing outside of like Freedom Mortgage, like we're trying to save this mortgage company from getting looted. Like, what the fuck were they doing with baseball bats in Fishtown? Jesus. I've been like, I'm glad I live in um, a predominantly black neighborhood right now. Because. Right. I mean, right? Like. I'm scared of vigilante white dudes, to tell you the truth. So am I. So am I. So am I. And I feel bad because I think these dudes are really just fucking confused and, and like anxious and like. Like, not to be any, like, not any apologist to them, but, I mean, have you watched, like, some, like, Fox 29 News and stuff and how they report this shit? And if people are, like, watching that shit all day, every yeah. day, yes, it's yes. going to make them, them fucking crazy. Like, Yes, I totally. I was listening to Tucker Carlson the other day, and I don't obviously agree with this. New- He's a newscaster on Fox News. Um, He, he has, like, a little t- hot take segment, and... Um, I hate, I hate, oh, you know, you know, Tucker. Anyway, yeah, I fucking, Tucker's, I want to punch him in his fucking face. Yeah, but yeah. I still listen to it because sometimes there's like a kernel of truth. And I think he speaks like for working class white people. And I think he, okay, I think he fair. genuinely cares about workers rights. I okay. really do. Um, so, I mean, in that sense, like I just, 
some of the bullshit. He kind of cuts through some of the bullshit of the left that you have to be wary of. And yeah, but interesting maybe i will give him a try because i've only seen clips of him and again like we were talking about it's like through a specific lens yeah that was brought specifically to me to fuck with my head yeah so yeah maybe i should actually listen to him you just have to be like open to almost completely disagreeing with a person all the time while listening to them at the same time i mean (laughs) that's a good thing to do because makes you an adult but the thing is my my criticism of him is that he's also like it's like everything's this huge culture war and he's completely disillusioned by like what's really even fucking going on that he has these paranoid sort of delusions that the left is going after the right and like it's just it's just a sick way to like look at politics and look at the world so but in that way it's very paranoid and i'm like if somebody were watching this and totally agree with them i mean this is what these guys are thinking what tucker carlson's saying about this is a culture war and that the lib liberals are like using you know identity politics to control us and shit like that and like then they think black lives matter is like this huge conspiracy to like control that their the republican narrative or it's just fucking and like it's like I can't even get into it. I mean, I, I just I just did get into it. I mean, I can't even like um that's like just surface level observations that I'm getting into here. I mean, you're saying you are actually saying what I thought he talked about. Yeah. And I don't feel like I was too far off. No, but then there's these people watching it and I'm just saying like it's 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 a lot for people and they can't handle it and Yes. They I think you're absolutely right go out on the street with like fucking baseball bats. I think what's fucked up about it is how the police treat it. And the police like are totally consenting of this kind of behavior. Whereas if I went to a protest with a baseball bat, we would be getting tear gassed and shot with rubber bullets. So like in that sense, like you can see the police are obviously here to protect them and not the black communities they're here to fucking terrorize them and i hate to also make it all about race like because i know a lot of people are like this whole race narrative is just fucking everybody up and it's just further dividing working class people because they're the only full class that actually has a potential to to revolution to like that's what was happening with the looting like you know liberals were like shitting their pants because like when these police stations were fucking going up because they realized and the police were completely overwhelmed in Philadelphia as well when the cop car burned and then the whole night went into chaos they lost control and they because that's because that's how many people are on the street that's how many people are in poverty that's how many people are fucking desperate so but just imagine if we brought the white dudes with the baseball bats with (laughs) and everyone worked together yeah but anyway, no. Because um, we do. We have the same problem. And, I mean, Carl has really opened my eyes to, like, what is really happening between, like, us on the coast and then, like, people in the Midwest who literally, like, and I said on this podcast, I've said the flyover states. And you know what? That is fucked up, too. Mm-hmm. And I should not say stuff like that. And I do apologize for that. Yeah. Because that's the people that are growing our food. Like... 
that's the people that are getting fucked over by big corporations and having like their farms like just taken basically out from fucking under them and um i am wrong to judge those people oh yeah absolutely you're you're a bitch well yeah let me know um but yeah so i mean my racist confession i guess would be like that I'm also I'm kind of over all of this. Like I'm not obviously. I do think that police are specifically violent to Black people, and I think it's mm-hmm. because if you look at like the poverty rate and, and you know criminal activity, it's happening in the poorer neighborhoods. So that's where the police are. But they're a bunch of racist fucks. Because that's the other thing. I know, obviously, not all cops are fucking racist, but it is a fucking white supremacist organization. Like, right, straight, straight I, to the yeah. union. Like, the union boss is, like, it's it's really disgusting, and it's just, yeah, it's a disgusting organization, and it's completely corrupt, and uh, the reason why it's the predominantly black neighborhoods that are impoverished in every main major city, like, throughout our country like that's the thing like it's this isn't for me i think like this happened to me in cincinnati and the midwest i was yeah. just like you know this happens in ferguson this happens in like minneapolis like you know the anywhere there's an urban environment there's like an impoverished black community or latino community like so it's obvious that it's because you know, we started this, this country or the foundation of this country's wealth is, is founded in slavery. And these are the people we enslaved. We fucking like totally abuse an entire like population of people. And there is no way that we could honest, like without doing reparations, like in like integrate those people in this society because upper class people want to stay upper class people. They want to, yeah. the elites want to stay in power. And the way yeah. to do that is to keep class structure in its place. Yeah. That's fucking right. So if your great grandfather was a slave, well, you know, that sucks, but that's like the, you're going to be pretty much in that class system, you know, for your entire family lineage. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then there's obviously like some people that get out and are rewarded but at what cost well like, the point of those people is so that they can hold them up to everybody else and say like look you can do it so like i was like yeah we'll support the rich people because maybe i'll be one one day yeah that's also again that's how i see like um the liberal left whatever they're not left anymore the no. center the center people like co-opting things like Black Lives Matter. Like, yeah. for instance, we're in Pride. Me too. Yeah, Me Too. Well, Me Too was always the PMC class. Like, it was always, well, it's, you know, whatever. I mean, that's true. There was a lot of, like, Hollywood women. Yeah, no. Me Too was <laughs> not about working. Fuck with Me Too. That was not about working class women. That was not about working class women. That right. was, like, no, fucking right. bullshit PC politics, like, you're right but um but anyway but i can see like people co-opting a black lives matter narrative like even cops are doing it to like placate to the people like these black lives matter murals that are going on streets you know and now it's happening across america which is really creepy that that's happening 
So it's like just big commercials. They're just it, well, people have been calling it copaganda. It's just mm. like um, damn. Yeah, they're and and you're like, oh, that's great. It says Black Lives Matter, and then all your friends share the image, and they're so they think it's so cool. And you're like, that's great. But then you're like, uh, that's like a little placating. And then you realize that, like, that's your gut feeling when you see this, that it's kind of placating. And then you yeah. realize that the actual police departments commissioned these fucking murals. Or you're like, how is that, like, at all um, not suspicious? Like, yeah. So, anyway. Um, yeah, my racist confession is um, being a white person in general. Just, you know. Uh, you always tell me that's a cop out like, when I say stuff like that. I know. But I feel the same way. I feel that's what it is right now because, yes, you're right. I watched Dave Chappelle's special. I, I think you, I didn't, you didn't watch it yet. Not yet. We started to watch the beginning of it, and Carl was, like, about to go to work, and he, like, was like, wait, this isn't funny. He, like, he just didn't want to go there, and I was like, that's fine. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to probably watch it later tonight when he's on a break again, but... It made me whatever. cry. It made me cry. Um, I started crying toward the beginning of it. That's, yeah. like, why we turned it off, because... But at the like, same... I can't take this to work with me. At the same time, I also counted about six misogynies. From six Dave. misogynies yeah, he six committed mis- he committed so, six Dave Chappelle committed six misogynies yes. on his eight on minutes his... and 40 is it eight minutes and 45 seconds 46 um 46 I apologize you um, should apologize so, bitch but so six for the six you fucking white hoe huh? you should apologize eight minutes and 46 seconds how what is that uh, that's the uh, that's how long that officer kneeled on George Floyd's Floyd's oh, neck you should know, know that. that. Lady. Anyway, um, um, in the special. Anyway, so tell me about these um, these misogynies he committed, six of them, and what he needs to do oh. to to uh, repent. Um, What's his penance? I didn't write them down. Um, oh, but you just counted. Well, one was, and and that's why I was like thinking of racist confessions, and and just thinking about you know being white in the social media atmosphere at this time. Um, mostly because that's how we're so alienated from each other. That's really how we actually socially interact is through, um, through, um, corporate social media apps like Twitter and Instagram. You're right. Uh, it's, it's really fucking sad. Um, I like don't. And so therefore I'm like completely isolated. But I, it's like, there's been like a lot of social space, like, um, did you post a black square or, you know, you better be sharing like everywhere you're donating to, um, you know, show that you're present and, and make sure, you you know, you're going to the protest. But then there's this other side that is like, um, uh, white people need to shut up. Like right now, white people shouldn't be speaking out. We should be listening and, uh, you know, white people, um, you know, are, you know, they're saying stand in front of a black person in the cops and then they're saying it's not your fight. And there are, who knows, they're probably robots. They're probably not even real people. A lot of these, right. these tweets that I see telling me how to yeah. think and feel and what to do. You're probably right. But so as a white person, like in this space, you really just kind of have to 
be as true to yourself as you could possibly be and as well-intentioned and, you know, just get the fuck over with it if you realize your, your opinion is wrong or um, that, you know, the, the world is fucked up. I don't know. Uh, there's been, like, another, like, people are, like, also, like, all the top movies on, like, Netflix and Amazon or, like, these, like, black, um, black made or whatever. I know, I know. Black artists. And it's, like, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's been a role. I know what they're doing, but, like, you know what, when, like, the COVID commercial started, like, we're here for you. Like, that made me, like, fucking rage out. And, like, I just feel like these are the same. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's because it's empty bullshit. That's the problem. I don't, like, you could, I don't really care if I'm watching a movie by a white person or a black person. I think it's, like, fucked up that, like, black people have been, like, basically pushed out of the media forever, and, um, I think it's, like, disgusting that, like, okay, now you're gonna change it, seeing that, like, now we're gonna, like, be like, oh, we never should have gotten rid of Colin Kaepernick. Oh, like, you guys are allowed to be, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You should have done that to be, like, fuck you, go suck a fuck. Wait, what was the Colin drama? Like, I started to read it, I was like, I don't really think I'd give a fuck, but what was that all about? I, honestly, like, I was, like, half-assed just because I was, like, waiting for you to call all back. It was just, like, a headline. It was just an article about controversy over, should Colin, is Colin Kaepernick going to be rehired or whatever? It's, like, you know, because, well, money, you know, money... Did he say something racist? Oh, I have no, no, I, I don't know, I don't know. It was just, like, about the general opinion of, like, is he, like, like, people are like, oh, well, like, I feel like the Seattle Seahawks manager was saying something about, like, like, I think he's great, like, the only reason I didn't, like, bring him on was because I was afraid of his, like, relationship with the quarterback, and, you know, so people are just backtracking now. Wow, okay. It does sound stupid. That I wouldn't it's be. just frustrating. It's frustrating, and I can't imagine being a black person right now. And um, that's how I feel about it. And I do. Yeah. That's what is what I'm doing. Like I'm essentially just keeping my fucking mouth shut because I don't know what to say, and I don't know what the right thing is to say other than like I can't. Uh, if a, I, I just can't imagine knowing as a white person that you're safe from getting shot in your bed and not feeling some sense of like how fucked up that is. Oh, yeah, I mean... Because you're white. I mean, it's fucking... It makes my stomach turn. It makes... It's not great. Yeah, it's fucked up. Um, And... I... But the thing is, it's... I just, like... It's always fucked up. It's, like, right now we're protesting. Right now we're, like, really talking about it. But it's always fucked up. Absolutely right. So, like, it's great that everybody's protesting and speaking out, but it's like, if we could keep it on this level, I don't know, maybe 150 days or something (laughs) to this pressure. And I hate being a class reductionist, but I think that it is about class and that, well, I hate to be a class reductionist, but... I uh, think capitalism is the problem and that it should die and it needs, it needs to fucking fade away, but it's not going to. 
and I mean, it doesn't. Case in point, being in the class that's being just like shoved out there as like, okay, we'll see how you guys get sick. You know? Yeah. And it's like the working class is in that boat, and so we're just like a big experiment for all of the people that don't have to worry about that shit. And they don't see it, so, or, like, they're just like, yay, we can go back out again, like, we can go get our hair done again, number one, probably not a good idea, but, like, number two, like, I don't know, maybe not getting your hair done, but, like, stuff like going to the grocery store because just to get out of the house, or, like, I just feel like you don't know if that that employee you're interacting with even feels comfortable. Like, they might be there because they're going to lose their house, and they might yeah. be terrified, and their spouse might not have health insurance, and their kids, right. you know, this, exactly. that, the other thing. And, like, you just think, you're like, great, we're keeping the economy going. Like, go fuck yourself, because you're... You're like going out there, la di da, and you don't realize like you could be interacting with someone who's fucking terrified. Like, put your fucking mask on. I was like, I uh, follow a lot of servers on Twitter. Apparently, I didn't realize it because um, none of them actually talk about serving most of the time. But everyone's tweeting now um, who works in the restaurant industry. People are like terrified to go back to work, and some people are like, but they're they're like. They want to get back to work because they need money. They're like, I want to be working, but I'm terrified yeah. too. Yeah, it, because people are also afraid. I am afraid I'm going to get in an altercation with a client because they refuse to put on a mask, and I'm going to lose my job. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm afraid will happen. In addition to like the whole getting sick thing, which I think all of us have gotten to an acceptance point with to some degree. Like we, everybody's back out, so either they're in denial or they fucking accept it. Um, it's, I think that I'm getting to the point where, like, I'm just, like, I don't even care anymore. I don't know what I am, but, like, it's fucking what it is. It's weird. I can't stop it. It's weird that the news um, is, like, well, I mean, not the news, but I, well, in general, yeah. At first I was, like, reading, like, um, from through various sources that we, when we were in phase yellow... To get to phase yellow, what the requirement was, was that there was only 50 new cases a day steadily for like a week period, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's when we were flat in the, in the flat line and we were going into um, phase yellow. And as soon as we were like, it was like announced and also like even on my weather app, my weather app would count how many positive cases were in the Philadelphia County um, yeah. every day. And, like, update you on how many positive cases were. But all of a sudden, it just, like, stopped reporting. Yep. They stopped talking about it in the news, and now everyone thinks it went away. Yeah. And the other thing is, I have been checking through the Philadelphia County, through, like, the philo.gov site about um, uh, testing and positive cases per day. And we're actually at, we're averaging, like, 150 positive cases a day in Philadelphia County. And also that data is usually like much lower than what it will actually be because it takes like several, it takes like a week for the, all the stats to catch up. Right. Um, so we're no, we're actually the, what is that? That's double 50. We're double the allowance for us to be in phase yellow. We're double that yet. We're in phase yellow. 
because people need to go out to a patio and drink a beer because people need to be served. It makes, I mean, if there's one thing that like makes us feel all okay about capitalism, it is existing is the um, pleasure of going out to eat and having somebody cook and um, serve us our food. And that's like a luxury we can all afford. You're right, and in a sense, I'm lucky because, like, that stopped for me a few years ago because, like, I had to start getting responsible about my life because I, like, fucked up a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, like, I don't hold on to that as much anymore, but, like, I really, really used it. It was, like, a big emotional, like, comfort for me. And that's how people are with, like, their Starbucks. It's, like, go the act of, like, going into a place and, like, being, like, this is what I worked so hard for. But, like, it's not. Like, you're just giving your fucking money right back. Yeah. Um, and now you're getting exposed, and you're exposing others, and it's just like it. It is a time to decide between our wants and our needs, and I cannot fucking believe that that's coming out of my mouth as advice. Are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Like I am the worst. But like, come on, you guys, everybody, like, just fucking grow up. Yeah. Well, uh, it was, I do also feel like a bit of a hypocrite because I've been going to, I've been doing protests. Like I protested like every day pretty much last week. Um, I feel like it's so hard to even talk about that situation because it's one of those things where like you're talking about wants and needs and like, is that a want or a need? Like, I think it might be a need at this point. Yeah, oh, it's, you, it feels necessary, and I've been, like, I want to go, there's more, I mean, there's, like, a camp set up at, like, 22nd and the Parkway. I fucking want to go so bad, but, like, I care that, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I just don't, I don't want to expose the people I work with and the clients that I interact with, like, I, I am concerned about them infecting me, but I also don't want to open up my exposure to more things. Yeah. Um, which is the reason that, like, my cost-benefit analysis is like, okay, we're not going to go, I'm not going to go to a protest right now. Plus, I live with someone who does not have health insurance. Um, so, you know, those are those things. But I do support the protests. I think that this, we're all, like, going to die in misery if we don't do this anyway. See, I'm in the unenviable position of being for the looting, but against the protests. That would be my day. Apology. Apology to everyone. I just, like, bastardized a Bill Hicks joke. Um, Which Bill Hicks is, like, he's the cringe. I didn't even know. Oh yeah, Bill. The the uh, original joke is I'm in the unenviable position of being uh, for the war but against the troops. Oh, I do. Well, yeah, I think you sent me that. Which I like the dichotomy of the two um, because they're like two versions of like the same thing. Like that was like sure. during the Iraq War when people were protesting. The counter argument to them that made them feel guilty about protesting the Iraq war was supporting the troops. So if you came out against the war, people would be like, support the troops, man. Oh, my God. Like, Like like you couldn't. you're a kid, you're so oblivious to that shit. Yeah. I mean, we weren't really, I mean, I guess we were in high school. But, like. No, I was in fourth grade when the Gulf War started. Oh, when the Gulf War started, yeah. And, yeah. that's, and, and it was that time, and they were giving us all little yellow ribbons here, yeah. and they were all giving us, also giving the us these little red rose stickers that were anti-fucking-abortion stickers. Yeah. And I was pro-anti-abortion until I, like, discovered, like, that it was, like, fucking horrible for women. 
like this fucking bullshit like just the shit they feed us ugh yeah so and right now they're trying to co-op the Black Lives Matter by the way so get ready for some obnoxious shit luckily the yeah. last um, signifier like a propaganda bullshit we have were the, the pussy hats from the women's march Everyone pretty much immediately was like, those are dumb. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So anyway, that's what his joke's from is making fun of people like that situation. And it's the same thing talking about the looting and the protest because people were like um, really offended by the looting and being hypercritical um, to people for that happening. Like, oh, it's fine to protest, but do you really have to loot? Like... Now yeah. that set us back so far. And I'm like, people who say that don't understand like the desperation of living in fucking poverty and like, yeah. and being like even more left to the wolves during this like COVID-19 bullshit pandemic. Yeah. Um, like 25% of America is fucking unemployed, but the stock market is fucking pumping. And like, yeah, like seriously, people that, said that George Floyd is smiling down from heaven about the economy. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. Like, no, I that's mean, creepy. What a sick motherfucker. Like, yeah, Donald Trump is creepy. Like, yeah, that was really what George Floyd's concern was in life was the U.S. economy. I'm sure that's really what the looters are concerned about is the U.S. fucking economy. Suck my dick and like go fuck yourself because none of us are benefiting from that shit. I think what people don't understand about looting and burning shit down is that it's not about property. Like, it's, it's not about it anymore. It's just about burning it the fuck down. It's completely destroying it. So you're saying, oh, well, like, for instance, even, like, in the, people were talking a lot about 52nd Street in West Philly that got looted, which was, like, predominantly um, black-owned businesses. And people were like, why would, you know, people loot, like, in their own neighborhoods, these black owned businesses that are like really struggling already. And, and now it's going to completely ruin whatever, but like, that was a question that I legit had. well, yeah. Well, the thing is though, like you're talking about, we, this is what it sounds like to me. We gave you this one block for you to have your mm. stores in and, yeah. and now you tore them down. Oh, now I don't know. If, now I don't know if we're going to be able to help you bring this back up. I don't know yeah. if you guys are going to be able to have your one block of stores again. Like, right. how patronizing is that? Like, fuck you. It, they burned it down. They said, fuck your block. Fuck yeah. this block that you gave us. I'm sorry. Like, that's why I get, like, like, because the thing is, it's also patronizing to the people that are looting, like, talking down to them like they're fucking children. Like, they don't right. have real fucking emotions. Like, and you're so stupid. Your actions are, are nonsensical the, because I don't understand them. Right. Like, it's, like, it really... Like, talk about, like, yeah, I'm a class reductionist. I'm always, like, thinking about this. But talk, like, that relationship is from the elites talking to people living in poverty and being... Well, I guess I, like, am a class reductionist because, yes. Well, yeah. I mean, that's exactly what's happening. Um, I'm, I'm just joking because whenever you actually, like, um, have conversations about class, it's usually, like, the first thing somebody says to mm. you. And especially when it's in class pertaining to race... Um, like, I do believe that race and class are um, related, and I do think that racism is a problem. I'm not someone who thinks that um, there's there's not a point or a privilege to being white and poor as opposed to poor and black. But, um, right. 
yeah, I, I just, I just find it very um, patronizing to say that to people, um, especially in the black community, um, because they're like, you're just burning down. It just is fucking annoying. But, um, and the point of looting is to fucking destroy it. Like, and I do think that the system, I do think that the police stations, I'm okay, I'm going to, I'm going to incriminate myself again because I'm about to say, I do think the police station should be burned down. Burn it down. Um, I mean. But I'm not going to do it. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I, uh. I have to say, well, since all this started, like, it's, it's just the breaking down of these systems that have, I have intrinsic, like, intuitively known my whole life that so much of this is fucking wrong, mm-hmm. and I have been made to feel crazy, and it is so validating to just finally have people being like, guess what, we're all not crazy, like, this yeah. is wrong. And no, it fucking does. The only thing that bothers me is literally like, oh my God, is a person like losing their business right now? But like, you know what? Like, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know because yeah, you're right. These people in their own communities have their own reasons for doing what they're doing. And everyone is so, like, I barely, it's like, I talk to people that I know and I haven't seen in a few months and I'm like, where are you even getting your information? Because... I don't understand why you think this is the reality because like, I feel like you were so fractured and there's so much misinformation and I I don't know what to believe and I'm scared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, and, uh, it's been, the propaganda machine has been working. It has been going burr, um, Uh quite aggressively the past few days. So it's been tough to like wrap yourself around, the like defund the police abolish the police like i mean i have immediate um you know uh feelings for that i do think that the police are overfunded and it's kind of ridiculous when you see the budgets and then you also see a connection to how much unions give to political campaigns and you also find like how useless some politicians really are in the negotiation process, like to even make any fucking strategic changes. So, uh, sorry, I'm running off into a tangent, but anyway, I, uh, I, I, I'm going through a lot of trying to understand what the fuck is going on and how we'll be able to move forward. Um, but if, I do believe, I do, I do think that I'm a person who believes in abolition and just completely dismantling the system of oppression. And a major part of that is the police department and criminalization and like the prison, the prison system. Like it's a huge part of what's wrong yeah. in our society. I agree um, with you. I don't think but, that when someone ODs on heroin, which so many people do, because it's a fucking problem mm-hmm. in every neighborhood, not just the poor ones that are never going to touch your kid. Because guess what? I know some real good kids that have died from fucking heroin overdoses. Children, teenagers. Um, I shouldn't say children, not like 12-year-olds or something, but like there's 16-year-olds that are in NA 
addicted mm-hmm. to heroin. And anyway, fucking cops shouldn't be coming to their house when someone calls 911 because they OD'd on heroin. Like, there should be, like, a fucking social worker. Like, somebody who's trained, or the cops should be trained, or a special unit. Well, so, the thing and is... And that's just one example. One example. I've heard that social work is actually also, like, a racist system as well. Interesting. That, that's not surprising. Yeah, like, that the... Um, the educational, the education system for training people in social work is actually flawed and racist. Um, the, I mean, our whole medical like the is that a surprise? Our whole medical community is is like private, corporate funded, fucking health insurance agencies. So, like, I mean, just the way that we think about funding healthcare in this in in um, our society is. Um, only to private interests, not to the interests of the general public. Like, so, of course, our social work is, social workers are just as fucked up as our pig police officers. But, um, yeah, that's what I mean. It's, there's, like, a whole system overhaul. I think, like, uh... I think you're right. That's why so many people feel helpless, because it is, like, it's in the system that we live in, and... Mm-hmm. Guess what? It doesn't fucking have to be. So, I honestly, I don't, like, really give a shit at this point. Yeah. I mean, I've been beaten down enough by this fucking system, and I'm a white person. Like, it just so happens that I've had my... You know, it's like, it's like you have certain issues, and you don't start out with money, and you're mm-hmm. just not getting anywhere. Well, I've also heard the counter-argument to that, too, is um, about defunding the police is that um, police are workers, you know? So if we, like, we'll be, we would be, like, cutting uh, an entire market out of for working-class people. Uh-huh. Like, where are they going to get a job? And then people are saying that they'll, it'll end up being, like, a private police system. Like, the police system will then become privatized. And it'll be like funded by Jeff Bezos, and then yeah. then we'll be in real fucking trouble because we well, won't be able good, to have yeah. any control over it. But the thing is, with I w- the police are already privatized. By the way, people don't like. There's already all, every campus in Philadelphia has its own police department that's paid for by the you know the school. That's a private fucking company fund of police officers okay and both the colleges temple and university of pennsylvania are like these you know um you know esteemed college campuses right in the middle of impoverished black neighborhoods both of them yeah as is lasalle so yeah lasalle as well that's like you know uh so there's already a private police force out there people and then also with Whole Foods, we already have armed, we, we've had armed guards at Whole Foods uh, for like two years now. Because there, there was a mass shooting at a Whole Foods, like, and then since then there's been armed guards at Whole Foods throughout the country. Um, and so Bezos has already been on top of that. Um, yeah, it's terrifying. You're at Whole Foods, there's like these, they bros in khakis and like, you know, guns and wearing bulletproof vests and shit. Ew. Yeah, they've been there for like a two years now. Um, so yeah, even now when, for instance, when the looting was going on, um, the, and they boarded up the Whole Foods, they had the guards. So normally there's a line to get into the Whole Foods. Yeah. Um, now for social distancing, which I think is great. I'm into it. Um, yeah, it's nice being in there with that, not a ton of people. 
and yeah, um, but with but the uh, with the looting and everything, the per the person counting the people coming in and telling people they when to come in, and okay, you, you know that person wasn't a grocery store worker; it was one of the armed guards. Mm-hmm. So there was a fucking armed guard checking people in at the fucking mm-hmm. Whole Foods. Like, oh, it was, it's disturbing. Um, so there is a private police force. When I did, I was also, when I did that um, guerrilla fe- performance festival in Rittenhouse Square, like, a lot of that was the unintended audience were, was figuring out how um, the police are in Center City and how, how they, like, you know, um, govern you know the the Rittenhouse Square this that that's like somebody's like that's like a whole there's a squad of police for Rittenhouse Square that um patrol it so yeah oh yeah they the friends of Rittenhouse Square I'm sure or yeah I think that's what their organization is called are like you know on cops to be patrolling the area but it was but there's but there was actually a good symmetry of like um, you know, criminal activity that was allowed to happen openly versus like, it was a versus like, you know, a, a, some sort of like violent acts or whatever. No, I mean, it was a good symmetry of like peacefulness, whatever, between the cops and the general public who hang out in Rittenhouse Square. But there's also um, a private security um, company that are hired by the center city business district that patrol, not Rittenhouse Square because Rittenhouse Square has a patrol of cops, but they, they patrol like other parks and plazas in the center city area where people go to like eat their lunch and shit. And they are super aggressive and not permissible. I mean, you remember when we were doing like the, the foot thing. And yeah. like we were being like stalked by this, they were really aggressive with us just because they I were. was like rubbing pudding on your feet in public. Yeah, I know. Rubbing or like pouring, pouring canned tiny oranges. Yeah, it was. Uh-huh. Yeah, there was like a fruit cocktail in there, I think. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, uh, they were like really aggressively watching us do that, and the whole point was to like you know do a transgression to see. What what are what's the security force like? Like, are they? Does it allow you to have like what, like, be in a plaza, like you know, doing some sort of disturbance? Like, is this allowed? Um, but they were like more aggressive, and they were more aggressive because they could be fucking dicks because they were a private like yeah. security force where the cops were like more forced to like actually have a conversation. Well, it's very easy for me because I'm a white woman, obviously. Right. Um, which is partly why I'm the face of like doing these sort of things anyway, like, cause I can yeah. talk to, um, police and not have it escalate into a violent situation. If okay. I were a black person, it would have, it would escalate to a yeah. violent like situation. So in any case, there's private police already. We're already fucking fucked there anyway. Um, and the police force is basically a private organization because on top of um funding from the city they also have this like nonprofit foundation that goes into the cops that is funded by the all the local schools and universities that that donate to this foundation that gives cops even more money mm-hmm. like it's fucking creepy as shit 
Wow. Um, okay. Well, you know, maybe uh, we talk, we went off on a tangent there uh, talking about racism, um, and I'm sure we said a lot of problematic things. And uh, we, I would like to speak for both Marine and I to say that uh, we are just a bunch, a couple of stupid petite bourgeoisies. And, you know, we have the right to change our mind. We're just trying to figure our way um, through this bullshit. And we're not trying to cause too much trouble. Not too much. We're, we're protesters, not looters. True. Um, yeah, I just, like, want shit to be fair. And I think it's really heartbreaking. And it's just not. And that I can't really, I don't know what to do to help. Well, stop being a pussy. How about that? That's true. Um, why don't we get into our topic? Um, Sounds good. Now that we've been talking for 45 minutes about yeah. getting through all the segments, um, we have 15. So just FYI, I feel what? like at like 7:30 I need to end um, because I need to start making dinner. Just FYI. Oh yeah, we are. We should. We only have like 15 minutes. Okay. Well, that's fine. So um, our topic uh, is meditation, and. Yay. Uh, and really, Maureen, I, we typically do not do any research, um, and we just, like, talk about what we know about the topics from our general just knowledge and life experience. And, um, but in this, though, I would say you, Maureen, are the more schooled um, person when it comes to meditation. You actually have read books on meditation, and you actually meditate. Yes, I have been meditating on and off. I have to, like, clarify on and off. Since college, when I first, I took, like, a world religions class, and I went to um, the Philadelphia Meditation Center for the first time, which is a Buddhist meditation center actually located in Habertown, not Philadelphia. Um, I don't really know what type of Buddhism it is. I think I feel from, like, the lack of decor that's probably Theravada, but I'm not sure. Anyway. That reminds um, me. Hold up. Yeah. I just remembered a segment that we forgot. The new segment was talking about Delco. Oh, yeah. Do you have any Delco news? I mean... No, but... ATM got blown up there. Um, on, what? An ATM got blown up on um, Township Line. Oh, people were blowing up ATMs in Delco. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. That, that's my... De- there's a Delco thing for you. Um, well, yeah, no. Um, ATMs were getting blown up left and right in my neighborhood. Like, yeah. um, we actually even... Some guy, we were hanging out on the stoop, um, came over and talked to us, and he was, like, telling us how uh, he was taking money from a blown-up ATM. And, um, and he was... He also looted the liquor store. He was also drunk, but, um, but it was kind of funny. He was saying like, um, there were, it was like a, a frenzy of people were going after, after the ATM blew up, blew up going after the money. Um, but in any case, if the one that was right down the street from our house that blew, got blown up was like shook our house. It was like no fucking joke. Like, oh explosion. It was terrifying, especially with everything that's going on. And then you hear, and, like, yeah. you're just hearing these explosions, like, throughout oh God, the fucking that's night. Really fucking scary. Yeah, it was. I mean, but we were thinking it was, like, um, the police were doing it. Because, like, it was just yeah. really creepy. But then, that's like, crazy. in the next day, you would see all this evidence of, like, all these ATMs being blown up. And you're like, that's what it was. Um, yeah, so... 
Anyway, um, Delco, so it happened in Delco, and also if you want to go to a Buddhist temple, the Buddhist temple of Philadelphia, what, is that what it's called? Yeah, in Habertown. And it's in Habertown, um, it which is, is Delco. Called, it is called the Philadelphia Meditation Center, and the people there are super nice. Um, there's also a recovery meeting that I used to go to there. It's Buddhist perspective recovery, 12 steps, which was fucking awesome. Mm. Um, they're not doing anything right now because COVID. But I actually haven't been there in a long time anyway, a few years. Um, but that was sort of like where I officially got introduced to it. And, um, then I did like a lot of yoga and stuff in my early twenties and I read a book called the power of now by Eckhart Tolle, which is like a very, like, Oh yeah. I read that book. That, yeah. It, it's, it's what made me, um, be able to understand like, you know, sort of like the watcher or like the higher, you know, seer rather than like, you're not your thoughts. Like you're just the observer behind your thoughts. Like that's who you really are. Um, like to understand that concept was like a big breakthrough for me. Um, and then just like, in, just in my recovery, it's helped me so much. It helps with my mental health. I do not think I would be sane right now without it. Um, so how do you meditate? How do you do it? How's it work? So, well, there's a lot of different styles. Um, there's just like plain old seated meditation, um, which, so there's like what's called calm abiding meditation, shamatha, which is important to develop so that you can sort of like go on some more develop, uh, just like more, um, just like later stages of meditation, I guess, like there's insight meditation, but you have to develop this ability to sit calmly. Like that's what, like mindfulness meditation when you're doing just, when you're doing mindfulness meditation, which is sort of the secular meditation that's been made popular over the last 10 or 15 years. Mm-hmm you're just sitting and you're watching your breath and you're watching your thoughts and people get really intimidated by meditation and think like you have to stop your thoughts, which actually doesn't happen. Um, there's like this guy called this called Sadhu guru. Who's like a fucking YouTube guru guy, but he had a, like a video that like, he's like, Oh, what, how do I get my mind to stop? He's like, well, your mind will stop after like, your kidneys, your liver, your heart, your mind never stops. It's never just like, mm-hmm. you can't just be like quiet. But like, after you have developed a relationship with your mind in through meditation in a way that like you and I as Western children raised in, you know, like this like Catholic sort of upbringing, mm-hmm. we were never taught to do that. Um, Isn't we were never praying? taught to just like sit and find calm and then eventually your thoughts do start to settle and you can get to these states of like having a clear mind and it doesn't as long as if you sit for five minutes a day and listen to the fucking birds and you keep doing that i guarantee you your life will change well i thought that's a form of meditation i thought praying was like a form of meditation praying is definitely related like i feel like they're talked about as like two different things because meditating I've heard it said that, like, meditating is listening and prayer is talking to God. Okay, and yeah. that's, like, more from, like, a Judeo-Christian perspective of the whole idea. That makes sense. But, like, really we're talking about the mind, so it doesn't matter. Like, in in Christianity, there's, like, all, a lot of, like, meditative practices that you and I were never taught. Um, but I feel like church, and especially, like, our really, our ornate Catholic churches are very easy to meditate in as spaces like because they're cacophonous and you know it just makes you look up and stare off in the space it's set up so that you can kneel and definitely like I feel like there's a lot to it that promotes meditation and I see what you're saying but praying 
And also, like, if you think about when you go to the confessional, like, there's a reason, the reason why it's completely dark is just to, like, focus your, focus you in, like, yeah. to your conscious thought, which I think is, like, pretty cool. But, it is pretty cool. Um, except it's, like, used to, like, confront, like, you know, and confess to some weird, creepy guy behind a screen and, like, all of your deep, darkest secrets. But, um, you know... The praying part, like, you have to say the Hail Mary, like, it's interesting. It is like talking because you are, you're just like, you, the chant, I guess, is helpful to get you to a peaceful place because you're just, like, chanting these words that you memorized into the void and um, which leaves you very little room to, like, your mind to go back and forth, like, talking to itself. But, um, but I'm not sure how much you can receive from that. Like, you can't listen, really. Yeah, I think both are, like, important. To me, I think, well, setting intentions is important. Like, for, so I've been doing this practice a lot called Bodhi Nidra, mm-hmm. which is a Theravada practice, and you can access it on YouTube. So there's, on YouTube, there's four videos. Like, there's, like, level one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. Um, and shit, I forget what, what you said that made me bring that up. Fuck. What talking um, about? Oh, so you set your intent. You set intention. Like there's intention setting. Yeah. Um, it's called your sankalpa. But so yeah, like there's like the active part that's like sort of like putting your thing out in the universe, and then there's like the passive, more yin part, which is like just sitting and like literally you can sit and just like listen, mm-hmm. and be quiet and listen, and that's meditation. And your ma- mind is going to think thoughts, and like you're going to be like, oh fuck, and like you're going to be like, oh, it's supposed to be meditating, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like you just go back to listening or like whatever you were doing. And then like your mind does like start to tell you things Um, or people can perceive it as God or whatever it fucking is. I think, I mean, I, there's another, there's actually a guy in a center in New Jersey that I believe is like a Hindu, like Vedic based, which means like yoga, like think yoga stuff, Mm -hmm. yoga practices. Um, And he, um, God, I keep losing my train of thought. I'm sorry. I don't remember what I was going to say. Uh, oh, he talks about how believing in um, some of these things, like he uses the example of chakras, but like I feel like it applies to God or anything. Like if you, he believes that these things aren't real, really, like in our sense, but he does believe that if you believe they're real, it in, it helps your meditation. So for, for him being like the scholarly person who, doesn't even believe that these things are real he does say that it helps your meditation to believe that they're real mm-hmm. so like this like visualization and connection and like all of this stuff with like a higher power is extremely powerful but it can also be used extremely powerfully which we've seen like as in our catholic upbringing to control people and to go to like a whole nother vibe where it's not like an upbringing vibe that's bringing you to your higher self it's just like a controlling guilty vibe that's mm-hmm. like controlling you yeah and then, and then you have people touching little kids in that construct. Yeah. Um, but really meditation is getting to know your mind. I've heard it said that it's like, imagine, you know, if you had like this friend and like you never talked to them 
that you they would be a stranger you'd be a little bit afraid of them like you might not understand what they do their actions might surprise you and it might like fuck you up emotionally mm-hmm. but like if you like go out to like lunch with them every day mm-hmm. you're gonna like understand them more and you're gonna have compassion for them more and like weirdly enough at least for me like I do not have compassion for myself like and like naturally mm-hmm. and the process of meditation ultimately makes me have more compassion for myself and therefore others um and then there's just like one thing so i'm read like i'm reading this book by zachin conlap called raul buddha a guide to a revolution of mind and it's about 10 years old and this guy really focuses he's like coming from a perspective where i can't believe he's Tibetan, but he has lived in america since he was young and um he's a buddhist monk and he addresses the problem that it's like when you have people like us who were raised in the West, like doing these Eastern practices, like Mm -hmm. it's a different um, context. So it can be problematic. But anyway, I really enjoy this book because he really tries to strip down um, like, you know, some of the things that are like specifically from other cultures around Buddhism and therefore meditation and really like make it so like it's more accessible to Westerners. How is it um, problematic? For Westerners. Well, so, okay, so there's a guy named Alan Watts who um, talks, like, a lot about this. It's because a lot of these meditation practices were made to solve problems that, like, are different from the problems that you and I have. Mm-hmm. So, that, that, that. Um, so, but anyway, this book really, so Alan Watts was, like, back in the 70s, like, back with that, like, first wave of people who were hippies and, like, bringing over all these meditation and yoga practices and shit. This guy is more contemporary. He's actually a Buddhist monk, and he believes, because the nature of Buddhist practice, which is not the only type of meditation, it's just the one I'm talking about right now, Mm -hmm. um, but it really, like, it is not, it is a secular practice. It doesn't like worship a god or something it's about getting to know your mind and it's about overcoming the suffering that is intrinsic to human life and when they say suffering and here's one of the issues like because when we hear suffering we think it's like oh pain ow like torture that's not what they're talking about necessarily it is those things but it's also like the discomfort and the craving that you feel in life so like as you go throughout your day like you wake up like oh i wanted to get to starbucks by eight o'clock and it's eight o five fuck you know it's those things that like Mm -hmm. meditation in a pretty short time, if you do it consistently, like, you will notice a difference with, like, your just general suffering in life. And then meditation lays out the eightfold path, which does lead to liberation from the suffering. And part of that is getting to know your mind through meditation. Um, so, but there's this part, and it's in this book, again, the book is called The Rebel Buddha. Um, but he says, um, he talks about suffering just, like, in our everyday lives. And, um, talks about how it's like what causes me to suffer may not cause you to suffer what's extremely hard for you may be easier even fun for me when you enjoy doing what you enjoy doing may be frightening or boring for me and so it goes when you reach the point of being determined to be freed from your suffering you have the attitude that starts you off on a path on the path to individual freedom i will deliver myself from harm i will protect and save myself from heartache and misery this is where you start and like when i first read that i was crying and like it touched me because I don't feel like we were given a path to a release from that suffering. I feel like we, in our society, in the, 
like back to what we were talking about in our capitalist society, we are driven further into that suffering. And, um, and also in, for Buddhists, and this is sort of like, I guess Mahayana, there's different schools of Buddhism, but I guess it's more in Mahayana Buddhism that like the real point of meditation is to prepare for death. Um, really for a lot of Buddhists, the point of meditation is to prepare for death. So I like really upped my meditation game when like COVID became a thing. Cause I was like, I'm fucking scared. I'm scared to be by myself alone. Mm-hmm. Like if, and afraid, and I don't feel mentally like I can handle this. And like, so what I turned to was meditation. And now a few months later, like I actually feel better about life than I did before. Like I'm stressed the fuck out. I have a lot of problems, mm-hmm. but like, because I, and I mean, I'm probably meditate all my days off. I'll meditate for like two, three hours in different ways. Like just like using guided meditations, whatever. And like, I can get my body to like these states of relaxation that like, I just can't believe I'm getting there in such like a short amount of time. Wow. That's um, awesome. I don't think I've ever yeah. meditated for three hours before. Not at, a, not at the same time, but like mm-hmm. I'll get up. I have like breathing exercises that I do. Like I make sure that I do that every day. When I get to work, I meditate for 10 minutes in the park. Like those, that's like what I started with kind of like back in September, actually when I moved and like when I started commuting to work again, I was mm-hmm. like feeling really stressed out. So I was like, I'm going to get meditation back into my life. And I started with like three to five minutes every morning. Oh, that's great. Um, and like, over time like like your brain starts like clear and you just start I don't for me it's like I just start to be like kinder to myself and then I start to see that I can be calmer and I can just like reach these states of like just like peace Mm -hmm. which has been elusive to me for most of my life unless I'm meditating um you know outside of the use of drugs or alcohol which ultimately comes with like way worse consequence you know it comes with like horrible consequences afterwards yeah. and before when I was like younger that's the only way I knew to get peace in my mind yeah. um and now you know I have this and it's like it really is it's, it's not difficult it's just like a matter of doing it it's tedious yeah yeah I like, mean the rewards are amazing I have like moment like moments of space where I'm quiet and I'm like you know if I'm like trying to um come up with like art projects and stuff like that like I need to do something that clears my head and then so I can write down my thoughts or what comes at me to understand like like I can't like move forward on projects unless I give myself like a long period of time but that's how I do meditation but it that seems that is meditation and when you're drawing and creating you're probably in a flow state so yeah that's another form of meditation but like Being one, in the moment, whatever gets you here. Yeah, that's what it is, actually. That you, It's pulling you to the present moment. And yeah. when you're able to do that, you're able to process so many other, so many ideas and thoughts like that you're not able to do when you're like constantly acting and moving and like whatever that might be in your life, like getting dinner ready, doing the laundry, going to work, yeah. listening to a podcast or, you know, any, any kind of bullshit. But yeah. um, my I think thing, it's like another sleep for us, and I think we're supposed to do it. It's like yeah. another thing that like our brain, like we're supposed to do for optimal health, and like we just it's not in our society until recently. I guess like with me is that it's not a. I like that you've made it like a regular practice for yourself, and it's mm-hmm. that's something that I don't do, and I've always been intimidated about with regular meditation, is like setting. Um, times to sit still. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it really is. But I think there's a lot to going easy on yourself and thinking, okay, well, it's just like five, 10 minutes. I'm going to start off like that, you know? Um, That's how I do it. That's how I do meditation. Um, and, and then that leads me into deeper things. When I was doing, trying to come up with our projects like on the fly very quickly when I was doing all those descent performances, I was regularly taking baths. Baths for nice. some, like really helped me to like just lay there and like stare off into space and just like, you know. Yeah, and you're, like, grounding your body and you're getting it calm, which, like I said, like, when with these, like, practices, and I feel like I'm just going to keep it to Buddhist meditation in general, which is what I've been talking about this whole time. There's so many other things. Right. But, like, the first thing is training, basically, your brain to not freak the fuck out. Yeah, well. Training to get super calm so that your brain, you can, like, get, like, you can sort of ask your brain, like, all right, what are the deeper issues that we need to, like, work through here? I feel like people get hung up on the breathing exercise though. And also what I find is intimidating is like posture. Like you think there's like a certain way you're supposed to be sitting and then concentrating on your breathing. I have to tell you, I get it, but it really annoys me. I don't like doing it. That is our like Western perfectionism. And actually it's kind of, I mean, yes, like it is applicable and posture is important and like, for Buddhist meditators, all of that shit is important. But, like, when you're just starting out, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like, they talk about the noble positions, and one of them is just laying down. As long as your spine is straight, you're good. You can sit in a chair. I lay down for, like, when I'm talking about these, like, oh, doing, like, one or two hours a day, like, like at least, like, an hour and a half of that is definitely laying down doing a guided meditation. I'm not talking about necessarily What's guided for that long. meditation? So there, YouTube is full of them, and I am certainly happy to – I have tons of them. I have beginner ones. I've been – they have been my saving grace Which ones do you recommend for pod listeners? So I will – well, I'll talk about the one, the Bodhi Nature ones that I mentioned, which are on, like, a channel called uh, – I don't know how you say it. I think it's Tripura Mandala. Um, there's also a guy, Jason Stevenson, who does a lot of them. And then, um, oh God, I can't think of the other one, but I definitely have to mention him because he's like kind of my main guy. Um, we'll, we'll have to remember to, in the next apology section to apologize for you white lady pronouncing all these Indian names. Oh yeah, totally, totally. Um, oh, Michael Seely. I do. I've been doing a lot okay. of his meditations for a bunch of years. Um, there, he does a lot of sleep meditations, sleep hypnosis, which is like another whole thing because I'm pretty like suggestible. Uh-huh. I'm not even gonna get into that. Um, just gonna try to stay like focused. Um, but it doesn't matter what you do. Like I said, if you, I mean, sit down, sit down. Well, no, explain a guided one today and listen to the birds. That's meditation. Yeah. Just bringing your mind back to the sound of the birds or nature or whatever is around you. And you're meditating. And do that for long enough. It's it's about the repetition. It's not about the length of time. Um, but and eventually things will start to slow down. Like it's going to be annoying and you're not going to want to do it. And that's normal. Mm-hmm. Because it's really hard to slow our bodies down when we were taught that like all you can do is go, go, go. Like the, my only real experience with meditation previously was like through yoga and also like just other forms of exercise. I think in our society, we tend to find our flow through movement. Like you said, Mm -hmm. um, 
if you're like grounding um, and you're feeling and listening and just anything that brings you into the present moment, you're, you're breaking like your mind's habits because we just tend to act habitually and it goes so deep and it, it makes us repeat these patterns. And through meditation, you can change everything about your life. But can you please go through like, what is a guided meditation though? I've never done one. So you gave med- you gave some recommendations. So what what is a guided meditation? Okay, so for example, um, if I were going to do a guided meditation for you, what I would do is I would probably tell you I would tell you to lay down and get in a comfortable position or okay. find a comfortable seat with your spine straight. All right. Um, I'm laying down. Okay, I would tell you to um, just put your hands in anywhere comfortable. Like if you have pain and discomfort in your body, you know, move into a position where you don't have that distraction. Okay. Um, and then the first thing I would probably choose given the conversation we had, cause you can like do so many different things, mm-hmm. but, um, I would say to just be quiet and start listening to the sounds around you. And this is what they tell you in guided meditations. I mean, some of them. There's they're like, all different okay, now we're getting started. Purposes. So that's what it mm-hmm. is. Okay, so they're like, all right, we're getting started now. Yeah, we're going to tell you what to do, and then they'll talk you through. It depends on what you're doing. Like, it, they'll talk you. There's a really good Vipassana one that I used to do all the time. It's called, it's called the Focused on Rest Meditation. Okay. That, to me, it, that was, like, another one that, like, really taught me a lot about, like, what meditation would mean for me. Uh-huh. Um, because it teaches you to relax your body, but like a lot of these meditations are like, okay, now relax your legs. And I love body scan meditations, um, which is like those meditations that go through like feel your feet, now feel your legs, now feel. I think they're super beneficial, and putting your attention on your body is super beneficial. Um, but also like th- this one that I'm talking about, instead uh-huh. of saying like relax your legs, it just tells you to like lay down and feel where you feel feelings of relax on your relaxation in your body and focus on that so like Uh he talks about like how it's normal for your body to not be relaxed right now maybe you know like that's okay because people freak out they're like why do I have this tension in my body like and then you tense up more um so focus on rest meditation is a really good I think guided meditation which is based in Vipassana meditation which is an insight meditation from Theravada Buddhism if I'm correct um, so yeah, there's, there's like so many different things, so many more things than I could ever get into. There's so much to explore and there's so many different ways to do it. Um, what kind I, of revelations have you had in meditation? Um, well, it's like, it's not like, the, it doesn't happen the way that I imagine it would. Like I don't necessarily get like visions, although that happens, visions and memories do come, mm-hmm. um, times of like incredible bliss do come um and and relaxation and times of like total frustration um but like for me it's right now mostly about because because of these specific buoy nature meditations that I'm doing it's mostly about noticing how my emotions are controlled by my like my senses and what is coming in through my senses Mm, um, or at, like the relationship between all these things. So like between your mood 
Uh like where you're at mentally so like are you relaxed right now or are you totally anxious um and then like doing it on a daily basis you see how much your mood and perspective really changes and really kind of like how your reality like you start to see how your mind is flawed and like where you're you start to see flaws in like your perceptions of reality that are caused by like like you're for me like whatever my anxiety like my false perceptions um the fact that I'm like too tired right now to like really pay attention to what another person is saying or to pay attention to my own feelings Mm -hmm. or like realizing that ignoring my feelings for 39 years really fucked me up like you know you can have like big things you can have really little things you can I have things that I realized during days later that I could that my brain connects because like I also feel like meditating is like a, it's like a defragging. Like, like I said, it's like, you know how they say like sleep is like that. I feel like meditation is like enough, like your body just needs to sit the fuck down and your nervous system needs to like straighten itself out. And when we don't do that, we just end up totally frazzled and it's worse for other people. For me, I've, I've learned that if I meditate, I am, I have a better life and it's a radical difference. Because otherwise I'm just frazzled all the time Mm -hmm. and confused and angry and anxious. And that's how I fucking treat people. And it's not cool. Yeah, I'm going to try. I'm going to do a guided meditation. I've never done one before. Yeah, send me one. I want to do one. Um, And yeah, I don't really I don't really have anything else to add about meditation. So. I mean, I could talk forever about it, but I feel good about that conversation. Yeah. Um, I've been, well, I do want to share. I've been, this like came to me that I've been reading my tarot cards regularly and I see that as a form of meditation. And I know other people do like random pulling the card from the deck as a means of, of like meditating because it really brings out like a lot of emotions and things that you avoid thinking about and that you want to get better in your life that you're you kind of turn a blind eye to because it's like you don't want to face it and like I feel like tarot cards like really doing the readings regularly has been forcing me to like um recognize those patterns and behaviors that I have Um, I agree with you, and I actually have my tarot book next to me, too, and separately I'm going to actually send you that picture of the spreads I was talking about from around my birthday. Oh, yeah. It's significant, well, because I'm using, like, tarot cards with the major arcana, and um, in both of them, one was, like, a week after my birthday, which was the day I think you were over and we did a podcast about the tarot cards, and then there Uh was another one from, like, a week later, and I feel like I just kind of stopped doing it because I kind of got freaked out both times. Um, like it was just a simple past, present, future, three cards spread. And then, but the future card in both was the moon card, which is basically like your subconscious is going to make itself known whether you like it or not. So yeah. like, get ready for the fucking ride. And like, um, that's totally what's been happening this year. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm, you know, it's scary when you see it and you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. But like looking back, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Okay, like this is, I can take this ride. Mine has been a lot of like my, I'm consumed with the fear of failure mm. and it's completely like blocking up my creative flow in my life. And it's something I need to like face and get over. You could totally confront that in meditation. Yeah, I should. That I'm, I really like, 
I do it. So I do it. Um, meditation, like I said, like to think of writing a comic or like, I need to like get quiet in order to like have ideas, you know, and to yeah. process everything that I'm like, that is feeding my ideas. But like, I, that's also not entirely healthy because how, how is that like about my emotions and like how, um, you know, that's, it's kind of like a separate, um, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's really powerful, like, just getting to know your emotions and how the interplay of, like, your emotions and your body and your feelings and your breath the most is, like, fucking sheds a lot of light for me on my reactions anyway. And I think the biggest gift, and I actually have a name for this, like, I call it my grace period because, like, when I'm meditating a lot, I don't fucking talk right away. Like, I shut the fuck up for a second Mm -hmm. and listen to the person. And for me, that may be one of the most powerful things. That was one of Dave Chappelle's misogynies. He said, white women need to shut the fuck up. That's what I was trying, trying to bring up, like, in earlier because when, you know, let's talk about racism during Black Lives Matter. Like, white women maybe should just, like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, I just mean that as a person and really, like, as, like, a person who's an addict and also who can be a little bit overbearing at times oh, with my yeah. opinion and I interrupt. So, yeah, it's not because I'm a white woman. I it's feel because, like you said that for another reason. It's because you're an alcoholic. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, like, kind of, like, a little tidbit that I, like, learned from AA is, like, just shut the fuck up for two seconds. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I don't do that. Yeah. Um, but then that also, I mean, whatever, goes against everything I was saying, like, where you feel so conflicted, like, yeah, shut the fuck up, white woman, but then also, like, wait, should I shut the fuck up? I'm not saying shut the fuck up forever, I'm saying shut the fuck up before I say my first thought and wait until I can take a breath and be like, okay, so everything my mind says isn't fucking true. Because sometimes that first thought is the wrong thing. Okay, well, um... And uh, I'm not speaking in terms of being a white woman, I just mean in general. I need to, like, think of a good way... We keep on getting back into the conversation. We need to think of a good way to end the podcast. Namaste. Um, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. Om Shanti. Five minutes, three minutes a day, listen to the birds, do it every day, and see where it takes you. Asalama. Asa la vista, baby. All right, bye, Maureen. Goodbye, Beth. Oh, shit. I didn't say I, I didn't tell her I loved her, though. That's, you can't do that during COVID times, Beth. Um, okay. Maureen, I didn't say I love you. Oh, I love you. Okay. Yeah, I was just saying, you got to say I love you. It's COVID times. I know. No, you're totally right. All um, right. And I do love you. I, and that was I love a good you conversation, too. And I'm, gonna, I'm sending you those things right now. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I hope that they help, you know, whatever your goal is inside. Me too. My goal inside. Bye. Bye. Podcast. 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 Do-do-loo. Podcast. Two hoes. Two hoes. Four house on
hill. From the hill. From the hill. Oh, yeah, that's the whole house on the hill. Two hoes. on the hill. Two hoes. Don't roll your skirt too short. Everybody's gonna wanna be up in that shorts. 